Hello, and welcome to the podcast, This Thing Called Grief, Navigating Life After Loss. I'm your host, Lori Peters. For each episode, I bring my personal and professional experience as a veteran griever and licensed counselor to have meaningful and authentic talks about grief, loss, and life in the wake. I'll be exploring many facets of grief and not sugarcoating anything that I discover. My goal here is to create a safe space to acknowledge, share, and be inspired. I look forward to starting this journey with you. Hello, it's Lori Peters, and welcome to today's episode of This Thing Called Grief. I'm a grief counselor, and I run a private practice near Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I also write books focusing on grief and mental health. Today's topic is a special one to me because of what I've experienced and what I've witnessed in others, and that is handling grief when you're depressed. I did an episode last season about the differences between grief and depression, so I won't spend a lot of time here making that distinction. Just know that the two are completely different entities, but sometimes they do overlap. And a trigger warning here, I will be mentioning suicide and trauma in this episode. So if that is in your history, if that is an activator for you, then please do what you need to do to take care of yourself, which may include not listening to this episode or listening when you feel stable enough to do so. So grief adds a layer of complexity to depression. You're mourning a loss of some kind, which brings up a ton of emotions, and then that is on top of the other emotions you're feeling while depressed. Sometimes the grief can create a numbness because your mind and body, they're just taxed. They're overtaxed. They're overwhelmed. You just can't handle one more thing. You just can't grapple with it. So when you're depressed, everything can seem overwhelming and like it's a chore. Even going to the bathroom is a chore. Even showering is a chore. The very basic of tasks can seem like it's just too much. If you're severely depressed, this is often the case that basic tasks become monumental challenges. You often find you just don't have the energy to breathe, let alone to grieve. I'd like to share a little bit of my story. When I had the first of my two pregnancy losses, and I've talked about my losses um, last season, I was moderately depressed, although I didn't really realize it. I knew I was feeling down, but I didn't think that I actually was struggling with a mental illness. The fallout from the childhood trauma that I had experienced was coming through in ways that I didn't understand, and my mid to late 20s was rough. So prior, just prior to that loss, things were not going well for me. On top of that, we had just moved and I absolutely hated where we were living. We were living in a really kind of rundown apartment. It's all that we could afford at the time. And um, I just I just didn't like living there. I had no friends and no job prospects. 
My husband was also gone for most of the day, and I had no one to talk to except for my cat, and I had nothing to look forward to. But then I got pregnant, and this was monumental for me because I had a host of physical obstacles. So with that event, I felt like something had turned on, a switch had gone on. So I tenderly held on to the hope of that pregnancy, but then I lost the baby and I became severely depressed. I remember not wanting to be around, just didn't want to live anymore. I had all these suicidal thoughts, but I had no energy to actually play them out. I didn't, wasn't able to manifest anything. And that's often the case for a lot of people who struggle with depression. You have the thoughts, but you just don't have the energetic wherewithal to carry them through. So with this loss, I just shut down. My grief process manifested as complete numbness. I really should have been in therapy and on medication, but at that time in my life, I had a lot of stigma about mental illness and therapy, which is kind of ironic now because I am a therapist, but as a child of trauma and as someone influenced by Asian culture, one of my parents is Asian, I adopted the messages that you handle things on your own, you don't bother other people with it, and that no one could be trusted. So fast forward several years later, I had my second pregnancy loss, but I was in a, be a better place mentally and emotionally that I was more open to seeking help, and so I did. And with each subsequent loss, I sought out even more resources. I came to know myself better and figure out how to navigate both grief and depression. So how can one do this? As my story indicates, there is no one solution to doing this. Initially, I used survival skills to get through the day. I put one foot in front of the other and just focused on what I could in that moment. Sometimes I didn't choose that. I slept for most of the day. There were times that I maybe got up to go to the bathroom and then I went straight back to bed and just pulled the covers over my head. That's how I coped. And if that's how you're managing and surviving while you're grieving and you're also depressed, please know that approach is okay. I'm not trying to throw any shade here, not trying to, sh trying to shame you. Just know that I understand that you're getting through as best as you can in the moment. There's no shame. And the most important thing of all is you're still here. You're still listening to me. You're alive and you're surviving. And for now, that is okay. And that's how I handled my grief and depression for many, many years, just taking it one day at a time. But then I just got plain tired of suffering. And maybe you've reached that point for yourself. I was merely existing and barely at that. I was kind of a shell of a person, but putting on a really good facade because, you know, moms have to do that. They have to play the game. But I realized that wasn't helping me and it wasn't helping my family. I wasn't present to my family. So I decided that I needed to do something. 
And how did I do this? I started small, really small. And that's something that I'd like to suggest to you. Start small. For me, that involved first acknowledging something was up, something was not quite right, and then second, deciding to do something about it. I didn't seek help for a long time though because I was just feeling my way through this. I was kind of in a fog and I knew that I got overwhelmed very easily. So I took baby steps. That first step was reading. I love reading. So I could try, I tried to read articles and maybe some books about depression and grief and trauma thrown in there. This was before the internet. I'm kind of a dinosaur. So I didn't have access to Google like you all do today. The internet was just getting started. So my only resources at the time were just books from the library. Then as the internet took off, I sought online resources and eventually after the deaths of another child and my father, I got outside help. And that is one scenario of navigating grief and depression, starting small wherever you are. I just want to acknowledge and recognize here that if you're deeply depressed, you will probably not feel like doing anything, let alone reaching out, researching, what have you. I so relate to that and know that I deeply understand this. Reaching out takes a lot of energy that you just don't have. But, but, can you take a small step? This is something I challenge my clients to do who are struggling with grief and with underlying depression. Sometimes they don't know that they're actually depressed in addition to grieving. I challenge them. I say to them, can you take a micro step, a teeny tiny step? Baby steps is all that I'm looking for here. Something small and doable that will give you the impetus, the motivation to keep going. That small step may look like texting one friend that you trust. It might just be texting a sad face emoji. Maybe that's all you can handle. That way the friend knows that you're feeling low today and maybe they can check in on you. Maybe that small step means getting out of bed for just a few moments, even if it's just to go to the bathroom. Maybe it means eating a snack. And then whatever that small step is, congratulate yourself for having taken that step. Really do that because any win is a win, regardless of whether it's big or small. And then once you have a bit more energy, and this will take time, maybe you can reach out further for support, whether that's to a counselor, a spiritual guide, a group, whatever that looks like for you. And now the part that I have to say to you as a counselor and as someone who does care, if you're feeling super low, super, super low, and you're having thoughts of harming yourself or someone else, and you're just not able to function in any capacity, then you've reached the point where you really absolutely need to do something. Please call 988, that's the National Crisis Hotline. 
You can also call 911 if you can't remember that. Or if you have access to your local crisis center, you can do that too. Maybe you can have a friend drive you to the emergency room. Whatever that help is for you, please take it. It's so important that you reach out, that you do something when you're feeling like this, because those feelings and thoughts will not go away on their own. And they will get to a point that you may do something that you can't reverse. You matter. Your grief and depression matter. Your life matters. And you deserve the help you need. I know your grief and depression can feel overwhelming and you may feel like you're drowning. I get that, but it won't always feel that way. It really won't. Please reach out. There are people who care and want to help. You can reach out to me too, if you want. And for those of you out there who know someone who is suffering like this, who's struggling, this is your invitation to reach out to them. Call them. Find out how they're managing. Find out if they're contemplating suicide. Contrary to the popular myth, you're asking the question, are you thinking about killing yourself? Will not put that thought in their head. Trust me on this, they're already thinking about it. So by you asking the question, it can open up the door to conversation and to help. Thank you for listening. I know this topic was a heavy one. So I thank you for listening. And if you're feeling some sort of way about this after hearing this episode, please do what you need to do to take care of yourself. I hope that what I've said here today has resonated with you in some way. I will be back in two weeks with another episode. Until next time, please, please do take care of yourself.